Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. This is episode 251, and I'm going to get as far as I can get into our topic today, but I'm almost positive we're going to need two episodes to cover this territory. So today is 251. Pay attention to 252. They're going to be companions. And again, we're looking at biblical prophecy in the early church fathers, and we are going to be looking today at the church father, Irenaeus, and he lived between 130 and 202. His writings, probably just before the year 200, and so I'm actually going backwards in time. Last episode, we did St. Cyprian. I was going to mention St. Irenaeus's teachings on biblical prophecy in a future episode, and then Pope Francis just totally messed up my schedule by declaring, or he's going to declare, Irenaeus a doctor of the church. So how could I ignore a doctor of the church and the newest doctor of the church? So I'm going back a few years from St. Cyprian, about a half a century, to Irenaeus. He was born in the east, Smyrna, and then he was a pastor in the west, and that's why Pope Francis sees him as a link between east and west, one of his reasons proclaiming him a doctor of the church. Pope Benedict XVI called him the doctor of unity, again, the unity between the east and the west. Uh, Irenaeus was considered the first systematic uh, theologian, a prime figure in the development of theology in the early church, a strong critic of Gnosticism. I'm not going to explain everything what that was about. One of his key works was entitled Against Heresies, and it was written about A.D. 182. Now, when we get to Irenaeus, there is a massive topic that's on the table regarding biblical prophecy. In fact, I may need a third episode just to hit the various topics that Irenaeus hits regarding biblical prophecy, but the big topic is the millennium, and there's six things you need to know about the millennium. These are going to be quick. The millennium simply refers to the period of 1,000 years mentioned multiple times in the book of Revelation chapter 20. So millennium just refers to the 1,000 years. Number two, the big question about the millennium is this. Does the second coming of Christ occur before or after the millennium? When you pick up a book of biblical prophecy, you hear somebody on TV, you really want to know their millennial views, I'm giving you a coded uh, explanation of my viewpoint when the introduction to this radio shows this is in the tradition of St. Augustine. Okay, St. Augustine had a very clear millennial view, and he helped clarify my thinking on this before I became a Catholic. But the big question, does the millennium occur before or after the second coming of Christ? Now, before the millennium, the second coming, that viewpoint is called the premillennial viewpoint 
or the pre-mill viewpoint. I want to be clear, the term wasn't widely used in the early church as we use it today, and it might have been some minor modifications in the viewpoint, but those who hold the premillennial view today are actually going back to church fathers like Irenaeus, who held that the second coming would precede the millennium, precede the 1,000 years in Revelation 20. Now, the other views, there's two of them called postmillennialism, and it basically says that uh, during the course of church history, there will develop a golden age, and I don't want to confuse you too much because postmillennialism kind of died out with World War I, but in any case, uh, I'm going to com- contrast it to amillennialism, which is St. Augustine's view, St. Jerome's view, and the view that has come to predominate in the Catholic Church, and this simply says that after the millennium, after the 1,000 years, Christ will return. Now, amillennium basically means it's not a literal uh, golden age. It simply is referring to the blessings of grace that have invaded the present age of the church, okay? And after this current age of the church, Christ will return. Now, number three, this is of your six things, the question about when of the millennium, that's what we're asking about, isn't explicitly answered in Revelation 20, since no mention is made in Revelation 20 about the return of Christ. And there's all kinds of suppositions and assertions, but it's not mentioned. So I'm just saying this makes it a little more difficult. Now, this is one, number four, that you need to be aware of. Okay. The rapture at any moment theory, which is very popular today, and if you listen to any biblical prophecy teachings on the airwaves, it seems to predominate. I need to emphasize, though, there are many very uh, uh, grounded uh, evangelical Protestants who don't buy into the rapture at any moment. It seems that way from watching TV, perhaps, but it's not the case. But the millennium question has a lot to do with the rapture question, and a lot of the people who hold to the rapture at any moment theory. And remember, I personally held this. This is what I was taught after my young adult conversion, and I never really uh, was challenged to evaluate the pre-mill viewpoint versus the amill viewpoint. And here's why it's so important. If you are one who believes in the rapture at any moment, you believe that the rapture will occur before the tribulation. That way, you are called a pre-trib person. Pre-tribulation, the rapture will occur. Well, all views of the rapture uh, regarding pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and that's kind of confusing you, but it's when will the rapture occur within a seven-year period, they all fall under the category of pre-mill. So if for any reason pre-mill is not true, by default, all the positions that derive from it are not true, including the rapture at any moment theory. And that's why it's so important to get the millennial question down pat. Now to complicate matters, the rapture at any moment 
people are very aware that some of the earliest of the early church fathers believed in the pre-mill viewpoint. And Irenaeus, who's about to be declared a doctor of the church, believed it. And so how do you wrestle with all this? Okay, number five, well, that was number five, just to be honest about it. It was, the pro- it was a prominent view, if not the prominent view, in the earliest of the early church fathers. And this can complicate things if you have a high appreciation for the church fathers. And then number six, uh, understanding the development of biblical prophecy isn't easy, <laughs> okay? But I think I can help you understand how it developed. And here we go. And this is the key. The understanding of a literal 1,000-year golden age, that this golden age would arise after the second coming, arose out of a prior belief. And the prior belief, the prior widespread belief in the early church was about a particular course of history. And the idea that human history would stretch on for 6,000 years. And before you just say, well, no, you know, the world's been here for, um, I don't know what they're saying now. I heard some say 6 billion years, some say 13 billion years. Uh, I don't buy any of that, by the way. Uh, The work of intelligent design, like the authors of Stephen Meyer has three great books on this, that the amount of information in a single strand of DNA would be impossible to do statistically in 13 billion years. So just stretching out the timeline, the size of our national budget doesn't mean something is true, okay? But let's just stay stay with me on the 6,000 years. We're going to go back even before uh, Irenaeus to the Epistle of Barnabas, and the Epistle of Barnabas was written somewhere around A.D. 75. This is real early, probably before the death of St. John. And uh, the Epistle of Barnabas is, if you were with me when we went through Genesis with protology and eschatology, it all started with the Epistle of Barnabas, which says, Behold, I make the last things, eschatology, as the first, protology. And this is what Barnabas says. Therefore, my children in six days, that is in 6,000 years, all things will be finished. And then he talks about the seventh day when all the wicked are destroyed and there will be a reign of Christ. Barnabas, the epistle of Barnabas, was followed by Papias, who lived between AD 60 and 120, writing in the early 100s. And according to Irenaeus, he says, Papias was a man of antiquity, antiquity in the church, a companion of the apostolic father Polycarp and a hearer of John the Apostle. So he heard St. John, who wrote the book of Revelation, and this is what Papias wrote. The ancient and first expositors who agreed with each other, who understood the work of the six days— as referring to Christ and the whole church. In other words, the creation week was like an outline. The six days of creation was an outline of the what will become the 6,000 years of church history uh, based on things like Psalm 90 and verse 4, 
a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or even more so, our first pope in 2 Peter 3.8, do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And then you come to Irenaeus in Against Heresies chapter 5, and he says, for the day of the Lord is as a thousand years, and in six days created things were completed. It is evident, therefore, that they will come to an end in the six thousandth year. In other words, millennial belief starting at the end of the six thousand years would begin the seventh day or the millennium. The seventh day would be the one thousand years of Revelation 20. And their millennial thoughts grew out of this belief of world history consisting of 6,000 years. Now, something I found rather interesting, the conservative Jewish calendar says that this year, 2021, starting with September 6th, creation was 5,782 years ago. And I looked in Wikipedia, human writing they believe the earliest writing was about 5,600 years ago. So it's very close to the Jewish date, and something with this week of creation gave rise to the millennium, and I'm going to try to pull it all together for you in our next episode. So I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 251 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.